That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Let's take a moment and talk about the cover article for Newsweek this week, which is all about SSRIs, or Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. And if you've never heard of SSRIs before, well, you've most certainly heard of their pharmaceutical brand names, Lexapro, Zoloft, Prozac, drugs that, at least in their primitive forms, not those ones exactly, but other ones, have been around since the late 80s when they were first starting to be developed. Now, the quick and dirty layman's explanation is that SSRIs function by preventing the serotonin that is part of the neural transmission process in your brain from being reabsorbed into the cells, so it's a little bit higher in the liquid surrounding your brain cells, which theoretically means that your brain cells work a little bit better, and in the simplest possible terms, there seems to be some connection between low levels of serotonin and depression. The theory, therefore, is that if you can inhibit the reuptake of serotonin in the neural synapses, there's more serotonin running around in the brain, and therefore you are less likely to be depressed. So if you can do something that stimulates the synapses to keep that higher level of serotonin in it by inhibiting the reuptake, you can avoid depression or mitigate it. At least that's the theory. But when it comes to verifying the results of this, especially for drugs that approximately one in eight Americans, 43 million people take, well, that's been a more difficult proposition, including recent data indicating that only about 15% of people derive any substantially greater benefit from using SSRIs than they do from taking a placebo, you know, a pill that they think has the medication in it, but really has nothing in it whatsoever. And primarily, the effects there are seen among people who are severely depressed or have the greatest levels of depression, as opposed to the people who have mild episodes of depression, get put on SSRIs, and might wind up taking them for years and years because the withdrawal symptoms of coming off of them can be so devastating. So if that's true, and if it's possible that these drugs really mostly do benefit for people who are severely depressed and should only be used for fairly short periods of time, why are they so widely prescribed and why are so many people taking them? If they're not very effective, why would the FDA have approved them since the FDA is there theoretically to only approve drugs that show a significant benefit over the prescription of a placebo? Well, the answer there is a little bit more complicated. Part of it is that in order to prove the validity of a drug's effectiveness, you have to show at least two studies that demonstrate it. But there's no rule that that has to be the only two studies you do. And it's common for drug companies to produce several studies before finding the two that they use to justify getting certification from the FDA. And that study, which gave the 15% number, came from a follow-up to a paper published by a guy named Mark Horowitz, and the study was done by researchers at the FDA. It examined 232 placebo-controlled trials of over 73,000 patients diagnosed with major depressive disorder, and the results of that showed that a very small number, again, only about 15%, and this is of the major depressive disorder patients, showed a benefit over the placebo with SSRIs. And when it comes to minor depression incidents, there's almost no evidence that it works for those at all. And the reasoning there has to do with what causes depression. Rather than a lack of serotonin in the synapses, the more plausible theory appears to be that depression comes from having bad things happen to you. 
But if an illness or a heartbreak or a loss of a job or the death of a loved one produces depression, a very normal human reaction to adversity, and somehow you have the idea that maybe you should seek medical advice for this condition and your doctor thinks that maybe you have major depression and then prescribes you an SSRI on the theory that that's going to help you, it probably will for a short time. But a placebo would as well, the evidence indicates. Just being given something tends to make you believe that things are going to get better and that's actually part of a healing mechanism in your brain. But once your body becomes accustomed, especially over long-term use, to the presence of the SSRIs changing your body chemistry, you then have a created dependence and withdrawing from them becomes very difficult. Now, none of this is to say that SSRIs don't have great value for people with serious depressive disorders. And you also have the issue of people who have experienced major trauma, things like PTSD, for example, because what can happen over systemic repeated trauma is you actually have damage to the neurons and to the brain structure and the chemistry from a thing called glutamate, which comes when you're under stress. And if you have prolonged glutamate exposure to your neurons, that can change them, damage them, and create a situation where you are in prolonged depressive states. And there is some evidence that SSRIs can help reverse that. So the takeaway here is to think of SSRIs, generally speaking, as only for very serious depressive cases and only for a short period of time, like a cast on a broken leg to get your body back to a relatively healthy condition. Anything beyond that is both not justified by the evidence and may well be counterproductive. And if you want to know more, I highly encourage you to read the cover article on this week's edition of Newsweek. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.